0: Good morning, Cypress Bible Church. I'm Nathan Anderson, Senior Adults Director, and I would like to welcome you to our online worship service. We are so glad you are with us this morning. Well, in just a few moments, we'll be beginning our service from live inside the Worship Life Center. But before we do that, just want to take this opportunity to remind you of a few things that we have recently announced. Beginning with our plans to reopen for public worship on June the 7th, that is two weeks from today. We are planning to have two identical services, one at 9.30 and one at 11, just like normal. But that will be the only programming on that Sunday, just the two worship services. We'll be publishing some important guidelines very soon about what that will look like. And so keep your eye on your email inbox for those guidelines. Also, we want you to know that we will continue to be live streaming the 930 service and replaying it at 11 o'clock. We're not stopping uh, doing that. We're gonna continue to do that from now on. So for those who are not quite ready to join us on June 7th, you will still be able to worship from home and we encourage you to do so. Secondly, we want you to know that we are continuing to collect food and toiletry items for Cypress Assistance Ministries, as you may know, CBC and Cypress Assistance Ministries have a long history of working together in our community and we are proud to be supporting them during this time with this food drive. So you can drop off donations for that anytime uh, between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Again that's Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays 9 to 3. Just drive onto the CBC campus and follow the signs we'd be very grateful for your donation. And then finally, we're excited to tell you that registration for VBS is now open. That's right. We are doing VBS this summer. It will be online, and it will be five weeks starting June the 21st. So we're real excited about this. And to learn more about that and to go ahead and register, just visit our website at cypressbible.org forward slash VBS. Again, that's cypressbible.org forward slash VBS. Well, at this time, we're about to start our service, but before we do, let's just take a moment right now and prepare our hearts for worship. Today, we celebrate the ascension of Jesus. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven, and he now sits at the right hand of God the Father. And today, we celebrate that fact. Indeed, We celebrate everything that God has done in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Indeed, we celebrate and worship God not only for what he has done, but for who he is. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. His wisdom is limitless. Simply put, God is who he says he is, and he will do what he has said that he will do. And so with that in mind, CBC, and with that in our hearts... Let us now raise our voices together as we worship the Almighty God.
1: seven through eleven my heart is steadfast O God my heart is steadfast I will sing and make music awake my soul awake Harp and lyre I will awaken the dawn I will praise you O Lord among the nations I will sing of you among the peoples for great is your love reaching to the heavens your faithfulness reaches to the skies be exalted O God above the heavens Let your glory be over all the earth.
2: before the lion and the man Every knee will bow before him you believe that this morning? Surely one day every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Yeah. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Sing that. Who can stop the Lord? and stop the Lord. Hello,
1: church family. We are the Newtons. This is my husband, Mike, and our girls i Miguel and Eliana, and my name is Laurie. We have missed our church family so much. We missed the opportunity to sing praise with you, to learn more about God's Word while we're together with you. And we're so excited that we can at least meet together um, in our homes and online. We have uh, been asked to share what God has been teaching us over the last two months. And for us, not a lot has changed in our day-to-day routine. Michael was already retired, and I homeschool our two girls. But that doesn't mean there haven't been challenges or that things have not affected us. Towards the beginning of these last two months, I felt that God was telling us to be still and know that He was God which worked well considering we were told to shelter in place. And so I had to fight the urge to want to help, to want to get out and do something by trusting him and just being still and letting him do what he does best. But that wasn't the same for everyone. And Emigiel has things to share as well. Hi, my name is Emigiel. And what God has really taught me through quarantine is that I have many blessings, big and small, but the smaller ones I didn't realize until now, such as staying um, closer than six feet and just even getting out of the house.
3: And God has really uh, just been reminding me uh, about uh, the fruits of the Spirit, and especially patience. I'm not a very patient person. I'm ready to get things done and move on to the next thing. Uh, but it's really been having me focus on uh, all of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Psalm 27 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait on the Lord. God knows the plans He has for us and that should give us peace during this time. He's also giving us anticipation as we look forward to the day when we can worship uh, together and uh, just be around our family and friends, uh, more, and just share with them. I do want to take a moment to uh, to pray, so pray with me. Holy God and Father, you are awesome and mighty, and we praise your name. Thank you for today, and I thank you for the, uh, just the blessings of uh, technology that uh, uh, brings us all together during this uh, difficult time. Lord, I just uh, pray right now for those, uh, especially in our church, that are hurting Families that are hurting, and Lord, just uh, just ask you to give uh, peace and comfort uh, where it's needed. Give healing where it's needed, and just help us to uh, just bring each other in and to love on each other. Be with our country and its leaders and help them to make uh, good decisions and help us to uh, to be. Uh, Helpful in any way we can. Be with our state and our city. And uh, be with our church. Dear God, through this we look uh, forward uh, with anticipation to uh, being back together, worshiping together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I do want to leave you with scripture. Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
2: good
4: Evan, here over in the Jump Kids building. I want to tell you all something. I was walking around campus uh, today, and I saw something really cool. I want to see if you can see what it is. Okay, so we're going to zoom in just a little bit. Figure out what it is. This is over by one of the cabins. Yeah, I can't find it. Okay, go ahead and zoom in a little bit more. Zoom in a little bit more. Okay, anyone figure it out? That was a lizard! I always loved collecting lizards and catching lizards when I was a kid. So as I kept on walking around campus, I thought, you know what, we've got some really interesting things around campus. And so I wanted to see if you can figure out what I'm taking a picture of, okay? What is in the picture when it's all zoomed in, okay? So there's going to be one picture where it's real zoomed into something at church, and then another one where it's zoomed out and we can see what it is, okay? Y'all ready to play? So here's something that everyone sees as you pull into church. It's a close up of the church sign. Now you might enjoy these when you're at church. We got some picnic tables out by the cabins. Now I know many people miss this, the playground. Can you guess this? It's the Gaga pit. Where are these flowers by the chapel? Where's this? Can you guess? The sign in the back parking lot. Can you guess what this is? It's a bottle of hand sanitizer in the commons. Where's this? Do you know? It's the hallway carpet in early kids life. Now the junk kids might know this. It's our bookshelves. So you see, we can have trouble seeing the big picture when we zoom in on the small thing. Now, we want to know about the details of life, and we have many things to be concerned about, but when we just focus in too much, when we zoom in too much, we don't even have an idea of what we're looking at. But God knows the details, and he sees the big picture. And just like those pews are sitting there ready for y'all to return, God is ready for us to come to him and trust in him. Well, I hope you enjoy playing the zoom in, zoom out game. It actually has a lot to do with what we're learning today. You see, today is Ascension Sunday. The word to ascend simply means to go up, like to go upstairs. So I guess we'll go ahead and go upstairs. Are you still there? Oh, okay. So, Ascension Sunday is the day that we celebrate that Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus came down, and he was born as a baby, just like us. He grew up. He never sinned. He was perfect in every way. He died on the cross, and he was buried. And three days later, he rose again, and many, many, many people saw him after he was risen from the dead, and then he went up to heaven. You see, it's Ascension Sunday. We celebrate the fact that Jesus not only zoomed in, that he is with us, that he made everything. And he also came to be one of us. He was fully human and fully God. Jesus is the God of the universe. Jesus is the one who was there before everything began, the one who has lived forever. And he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because Jesus is over everything. He has a zoom out perspective of everything. He can see everything that ever happened and ever will happen. And because of that, we can celebrate that even when we're stuck in the zoomed in perspective of life, when we're stuck focusing on little details or questions that we have or problems that we have, that Jesus knows those details. Jesus cares about those details. But he also sees the big picture, and he is in control. So let's celebrate Ascension Sunday today. Jesus ascended into heaven, and he is coming back someday so we can be with him forever. All right, y'all have a great Sunday. I'll see you later.
2: For the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hand, my bit me Hallelujah, praise the one risen Son of God. Sing one more time.
5: Drive by our local grocery store and I see tents out in the parking lot. I know that a holiday is fast approaching and uh, the tents are busiest, I think, around Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. It's a uh, a good reminder to desperate men usually to uh, do something quick. I can't recommend whether there's good gifts under those tents or not. I haven't been, not that I haven't been desperate, just haven't. Tried that angle. Um, Just one of many holidays. Our our culture celebrates all kinds of holidays, remembrances. and Some of them are religious ones. But um, our culture doesn't mark this holiday, this observance. And that is Ascension Day. This Sunday we remember the ascension of Jesus. The resurrected Savior going to heaven after his work is complete. There, there aren't any commercials for Ascension Sunday. There, there's no tents in the parking lot. There's no greeting cards. There's no Ascension Day candy. But It's a pretty important day. And while I think uh, Americans know a lot about the birth and the death and resurrection of Jesus, they don't know much at all about this. Marva Dawn talks about growing up in a little town that had a Christmas parade and they would uh, bring in Santa via helicopter and she said on Easter they'd fly in a bunny. But writing about the Ascension, Marva says the world hasn't got the foggiest notion what to do with someone flying out. And that's really what Ascension Day is in a sense. It's the day Jesus flew out. So this morning, while I think many of us are not as familiar with the ascension and what it means as we should be, I want to take you to uh, the gospel passage that speaks of that day, that event, and, and I want us to hear that and then learn why it matters. What difference does it make in your life and in my life today? I think it makes a great deal of difference. So let's uh, grab onto that. Go to Luke chapter 24, verse 50, and he Jesus led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands he blessed them and while he blessed them he parted from them and was carried up into heaven so that's it not much of a storyline there is it? it's pretty pretty concise uh, it's it's a little like if you remember how Luke described the birth of jesus i mean he he did it in one sentence luke said and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn so the, the birth of jesus one sentence and luke did the same when he described the resurrection uh he says it this way when they entered they did not find the body of jesus here again, one sentence. So uh, let me point out to you that the core events of Christianity are each contained in a single sentence. It's amazing. And the ascension is among them as being so brief and clear and simple, and yet we might not pay much attention to it as a result. But this is no minor event in biblical history. It's mentioned, in fact, repeatedly throughout the New Testament. Luke ends his gospel here with these words, and he opens up, he begins the next book he writes. That's Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. He starts out with a description of the ascension. Now, as was mentioned earlier in our service, the ascension occurred 40 days after the resurrection. So That's why we celebrated it this week. Uh, Easter was 40 days ago this week, and we wonder, well, why did Jesus ascend 40 days after the, the resurrection? I mean, why not just walk out of the tomb and, and, and after defeating death and, and uh, show Himself to His followers and, and then lift off? Well, think about it for a moment. What happened during those 40 days? An awful lot of things happened. Uh, The disciples were able to interact with Jesus. They asked Him questions. They, They learned lessons. They received promises. They were given direction and the Great Commission. And there was some personal baggage that had to be cleared up. You had Doubting Thomas. He was able to touch the wounds of Jesus, and he turned from skeptic to worshiper. And then Jesus... When he was arrested, his disciples, what did they do? They ran away. And now Jesus is able to gather them and calm their fears. And Peter, of course, he denied Jesus. He cussed out three people who who suggested that he might have known Jesus. And now he was reinstated, Peter was, by the living Savior. And of course, over those 40 days, more than 500 people saw Jesus, interacted with Jesus. They were able to listen to him and eat a meal with him and bear witness that he was indeed alive. But after 40 days, that was complete and it was time for Jesus to return to heaven. And the last thing that he said was a blessing. Did you notice that? He lifted his hands, he blessed those gathered. Blessing is pretty important. To bless someone is to Call down God's gracious power. You want to bless somebody, what you're doing is you're calling down God's gracious power into the life of that person or those people. And so blessings can be words of hope and encouragement and prophecy. A a blessing is, is when someone speaks into your life as God's representative. So it's pastor to people or parent to child or friend to friend or teacher to student. And Jesus, of course, taught that blessing was, was something we were to give even to our enemies. He said, bless those who curse you. And so you realize that if, if that's something as God's people were to give even to those who mistreat us, how much more should we be passing along to th- that blessing to others who are in our lives whom we love and care about? Certainly we should. Back in 2006, Bill Glass uh, wrote that our country's biggest problem was a lack of a father's blessing. And as an example, he cites an FBI study on 17 kids who shot their classmates in towns like Paducah, Kentucky, and Pearl, Mississippi, and Littleton, Colorado. And and the conclusion that was drawn from that, that, all 17 shooters had one thing in common, and that was a father problem. And Glass wrote this. He said, There's something about it when a man doesn't get along with his father. It makes him mean. It makes him dangerous. It makes him angry. He said, Receiving blessing is important. Absolutely. You know, the blessing, that we be people of blessing that we pass along to others. But the point here is that Jesus is the fount of every blessing, He's blessing His people. Uh, and notice that he's still blessing his followers as he left. It wasn't he gave them a blessing, then he left. As he's leaving, while Jesus was speaking these good words, God the Father exalted him, lifted him up, seated him at the right hand of heaven's throne. Jesus loves to bless us, Jesus longs to bless his people. He longs to bless us more than we want to be blessed and he's still blessing us now. As he was continuing the blessing when he left, that blessing continues. As uh, Ephesians 1 says, we have, those of us who are in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, you're a blessed person. Jesus is living to bless you even right now. So you need to receive it. You need to enjoy it you need to live in that blessing that he continuously pours out on his people now as you notice this uh, this event here jesus didn't just suddenly disappear he didn't fade away there was no poof and he's gone he was visibly lifted up and raised out of sight this happened in full view of his followers lifted in the sky until acts 1 9 says a cloud hid him from view So I want to point out to you that the ascension isn't as much about location as it is status. Status. In other words, the point is not that Jesus went up into the air as much as it is that He was elevated to glory. Jesus returned to the place of honor and majesty that He had before He came to this earth. The eternally existent Son of God came into our world through the womb of Mary. He existed before Bethlehem, but that's how He entered our world. God the Son left heaven, became human to be our Savior, our Redeemer. And now, God the Son, having completed His work, returned to heaven. He secured the victory by His death and resurrection. Now, in becoming human, Jesus experienced everything that we do. The hunger, the the thirst, the pain, the weakness, rejection, death. And at the resurrection, defeated death. And at the ascension... He left all those limitations behind and resumed his power so there will be no more hunger or thirst or or pain or death for the victorious Christ. So, what is he doing now? What is Jesus doing now? Do you ever think about that? This is where the doctrine of the ascension comes in and why it's so very important and so relevant to you and me today. I'm just going to list three of the many things Jesus is doing now, according to the Scripture. First of all, Jesus is interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 says that He lives to do that. He's the go-between. He's our advocate. He's our direct access to the Father, our representative to God Almighty. He speaks, 1 John 2.1 says, to the Father in our defense. You know, I have a, a passing acquaintance with a kind of a p- high-profile criminal defense attorney. And uh, once after watching a presentation of his, I, I wrote to him and I said, that, that's such a great job that you did. Uh, I, I admired your skill in that. And I said, you know, if I, if I ever got in trouble, you'd be somebody I'd want defending me. And he said, well, thanks a lot. And he didn't mention that I couldn't afford him, which I can't. But, but what we have here in this doctrine is that we have the greatest defense attorney who's already paid the price for us. That, that's what Jesus is doing now. He, he's defending us. It's not that he maintains our innocence. It says, oh, God, God, my Father, uh, overlook their sin. They're, they're so weak. No, he confesses our guilt, and he steps in to take the punishment. He pleads his own righteousness in the face of our guilt. He is the ever-living sacrifice on our behalf. He is our defender, our advocate. And that's why nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because Jesus is there at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. The ever-living sacrifice. Second, what else is Jesus doing now? He's ruling over us. He's ruling over Ephesians 1 says that Christ is seated in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. Everything is under His feet. So Jesus is elevated to the place He was before, the place of power. And He reigns now, even over those who do not honor Him. Jesus rules even over those who curse His name. Jesus governs even though He is ignored. And that's why Colossians 2 tells us that Jesus is head over every power and authority. And that is why one day, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's ruling over us. Third, Jesus is helping us. He's helping us. Hebrews 2 says that because Jesus himself was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. So let me tell you that there's no category of temptation or pain or problem that you face that Jesus didn't face. The Bible says he can sympathize with your weaknesses because he was tempted in every way just like us, yet without sin. Without sin. So Jesus is ready right now to provide what you need to survive temptation. Whatever that temptation is, He is active and working to support His people. The great theologian Martin Luther put it this way. He said, because Christ ascended, He can help me and all believers in all our needs. Those are great words. That's the truth of the ascension. He can help all believers in every need that we have. And that's why Hebrews 4.16 encourages us to cry out to Him, to to come boldly into the presence of God because of Jesus, because He will help us in our time of need. So, So that's what Jesus is doing now, among many other things. He's interceding and ruling and helping. That's just part of what Jesus ascended into heaven to carry out. So these disciples stood there and watched Him leave as He blessed them. And look at their reaction, verse 52, Luke 24. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, that's not really the response that you would expect. I don't know how many goodbyes that you have said in your life, but when someone is leaving, and in a sense they're leaving for good, as far as you can understand it, there's sadness. There's regret sometimes. There are tears. But in this time, there was worship, and they went with great joy. Uh, To me, this is the strangest part of the story when you look back at what these people had been doing. I mean, they hadn't responded with worship when Jesus suffered and died. They ran away. There wasn't even joy at his resurrection. You read the gospel accounts and, and, and the disciples, they were shocked, they were skeptical, they were confused, they were fearful, they were guardedly optimistic, they were amazed, but they weren't filled with great joy. So why did the disciples react this way when Jesus actually leaves them and ascends to heaven? How can they respond with worship and great joy? What was different? Well, you look at the verses right before this that lead up here Luke 24, and you see what happened. For example, verse 45, Then he, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. So this is Right before the ascension, he opened their minds. For three years, he had been teaching them Scripture. He had told them he would suffer and die on the cross, and, and that he would be raised to life, and the disciples' response was, Huh? What, what are you talking about? We don't get this. We don't understand. I wish he would stop teaching so we could go have lunch. That was their reaction the whole time, three years, teaching. But now their understanding is illuminated. And the, the puzzle comes together. And that's how God's works. You, you don't comprehend Scripture until your mind is opened by God. And, and that's, by the way, called the doctrine of illumination. I, I taught on this doctrine a Uh, about a year ago in our series called text message it's the illumination the doctrine of illumination is how the holy spirit opens up your mind to understand the things of god and that's why some of you don't get it because god has not yet illumined you the holy spirit has not yet enlightened you to understand the truth of god it doesn't make sense The lights will come on in your mind the same way they do in the disciples' mind when Jesus opens them. And once that happened, the disciples knew for sure that this Jesus is the Son of God. He's risen from the dead. And everything He told us about His suffering, death, and resurrection has come true. And they realized that Jesus was the fulfillment of all Scripture. Notice what else Jesus said leading up to the ascension. Verse 48. You are witnesses of these things. And behold... I'm sending you the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So, notice, they are promised power to carry out the mission they now have, this good news, the gospel. Jesus came to save us from our sins. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended to heaven. This is the message, and Jesus says, I want you to go to the city and I'm going to give you the power to preach this gospel, to share this good news around the globe. So, that's why the disciples don't dissolve into tears and get all depressed because they understood. Jesus is still at work. We have a global mission to share the good news and the Holy Spirit is on the way to help us. And That's why they responded with worship and great joy. So uh, just think about those two things for a moment. By the way, the, the, Luke has not used this exact word for worship in his entire gospel until right now. See, anytime they worshipped before, it was mixed with doubt and fear and wrong motives. And now for the first time, they, they are able to worship in a way that is confident and with understanding. Because now they know Jesus really is God. Now they understand that by His sacrificial death and resurrection, Jesus brings salvation to all who believe. You can't worship until you understand that truth and you've accepted Jesus in that way. By the way, you can't, Worship a dead Christ. Then you're just remembering heroism and sacrifice. We have a lot of heroes in our world. You can't worship only a resurrected Christ. You say, what, what do you mean? You can't? Do? Well, here's why. Then you're just admiring an empty cross and an empty tomb. Real worship revolves around the ascended Christ, who's seated in glory. Real worship revolves around the ascended the one who is forever over us reigning ruling interceding helping and returning doctors uh, tim and aaron perry write that the ascension is the resurrection completed this is the completion of the resurrection that's what we remember today and so the disciples worshiped and they returned with great joy great joy now do you remember how luke described the night that jesus was born The uh, angel announced the birth of God's Son to shepherds out in the fields, and it said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. Now it had happened. The disciples witnessed the fulfillment of everything that Jesus came to do. And so they had great joy. Now they understood. They're not just happy. They're not just reminiscing about the great times that they had together with Jesus. No, this was mega joy. Now, people can disagree as to the mood that a worship service should have, and there can be all different kinds of moods in worship, and certainly solemnity and, and, uh, and reverence has a great part in that. But I, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of joy and celebration because what Jesus has done has been accomplished. As Alistair McGrath says, The scriptures don't end with a bloody, defeated, crucified Christ, or even a resurrected Christ, but an ascended Christ. You know, Jesus didn't call us to hold a funeral every week. He did not. He didn't call us to to sit with our hands folded and study our Bibles until we die. He called us to worship with great joy because we serve the triumphant King. But some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute. I feel pretty defeated Things don't look so good. Sin seems to be winning. Evil happens all over this world. we got a pandemic going on. There's violence. Children go hungry. Babies are aborted. Uh, Marriages fall apart. Unemployment is rising. There's racism. There's abuse. There's addiction. There's perversion and greed that's everywhere that we can see. And maybe you feel like the justice system isn't always working, and the political system never works, and too many people can't get work. We have soldiers in harm's way and harmful places that need soldiers. There are people so poor they don't know what to do. And people who are so wealthy, there's basically nothing they can't do. You see government regulations that seem oppressive and unregulated companies that oppress and pollute and defraud. You see obvious wickedness and and murder and rape and torture and it's carried out by dictators and criminals and gang members and soldiers and governments. And then there's the wickedness that hides itself behind a title, the title of pastor or politician or cop or banker or coach or celebrity or CEO. And you might feel bombarded by all the badness, discouraged by what you see and experience. Do not forget that the ascended Jesus is reigning over us. Can you grab onto to that today? As Ephesians 4 says, the same one who came down is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that his rule might fill the entire universe. Right now, Christ is in control of the flow of history. The ascension of Jesus should give all his people overwhelming confidence that he is with us. You see, we serve the Christ who is over all and above all and in whom all things hold together. He ascended beyond all realities and surpassed all powers and superseded all possibilities. He is forever over us. And you might think, well, that's good and all, but what about my needs right now? And so many of us have a story of hurt, of loss, of pain. There's garbage in your past. There's hurts and Fears and worries. You have done things, and things have been done to you that are so wrong that brings shame, that brings sadness, that bring emotional pain. And you're overwhelmed with with what's happening to people you know, and you don't see any way out of the mess that you're in. You don't know where to turn. You don't know who to trust because you've been disappointed, you've been mistreated, you've been ignored, you've been hurt so many times. And as alone as you might feel, there is one who is reigning. There is one who will not disappoint you. That's what makes the reality of the, the ascension so important. This doctrine has incredible significance for every believer. Christ Jesus is at the Father's right hand, interceding for you. The Ascended Jesus is your helper, your defender, your sovereign redeemer, your tireless representative. He knows your struggles. He understands them all. He sympathizes with your weaknesses. And so when the enemy whispers in your ear, you're no good, you're a failure, you're alone, you're condemned. The God-man Christ Jesus who is seated in heaven rises to your defense and he says, this one belongs to me. Through my sacrifice, she is holy. By my blood, he is washed clean. Because I have conquered sin and death and hell, my people are victorious. And so you are not defined by past failures or present problems. She is my daughter, Jesus says. He is my son, and by my wounds you are healed. Your defender is Jesus day after day. That's the ministry of the ascended Christ. And if your trust is in Jesus, you can join me and all of God's people to celebrate the risen Savior. That's why we worship. That's how we have great joy. Our Redeemer. Our Defender. Our Sovereign King is over us. And He shall reign forever and ever. All, oh, would you celebrate with me? Give worship to our King with great joy. Use that great hymn of the faith. Rejoice, the Lord is King. May your worship be powerful today because of the risen Jesus.
2: Rejoice! down
5: this benediction from 1st Timothy now to the king of all ages immortal invisible the only God be honor and glory forever and ever in the name of the ascended savior Jesus amen